Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, my friends. Guess what? Big news. The next round of the Sovereign Business Mastermind, which is my advanced exclusive container for coaches who are actively growing their businesses to a million dollars and more in the next three to five years, is opening for enrollment on the 21st of February. Do you want to know something funny? I literally always forget (laughs) to tell you guys about this mastermind in the podcast because all my friends who have podcasts, you know, who run masterminds um, and sort of higher level containers are like, you should talk about it on your podcast more. Why, why do you never talk about it? And if I'm being honest, the entire answer is that I just keep forgetting. <laughs> so it could be the case that you've been listening to this podcast a while and you're like, I had no idea about the mastermind enrollment period coming up. So here it is. By the time you're listening to this, it's probably gonna be like a week before. <laughs> so February 21st is when we begin enrolling. The applications are open for only a few days because every single time the spots fill up lightning fast. And so if you are loving the podcast, you're loving Joyful Marketing, and you are ready for advanced work of the type where we strategize about how to create a business plan, business structure that is going to sustainably and joyfully take you to a million dollars in the next few years. And you want to do that with my mentorship and literally the most fun and brilliant, loving group of peers in the world, soon to be six-figure earners, six-figure earners, multiple six-figure earners. You've got to be in the Sovereign Business Mastermind. So if you want to apply, you want to be sure to get on the mastermind invitation page for which there will be a link in the show notes and drop your email in the waitlist because you will be able to access the application early, earlier than everybody else if you're on the waitlist. And that is a huge advantage because like I said, the mastermind always fills up super fast and I always get more applications than I can take. So do that right now. Maybe not right now maybe right now, or maybe after you finish listening to this episode. (laughs) Okay, that's Mastermind. I'm like, you gotta like, it's like, stop forgetting to tell them, tell the podcast listeners about the Mastermind enrollment. So there it is, there it is. And just a reminder that you can like literally forget to market your Mastermind in your hugely popular podcast and it still fills up. It's like, it doesn't really even matter. (laughs) Okay, enough about that. Let's talk about today's topic, which is how to be generous. My friends, this is something that people remark about my business all the time. They say this about me all the time. You're so generous. Your business is so generous. People join Joyful Marketing and say, this is so generous. My mastermind clients say, this is so generous. And that is not an accident. Generosity is one of my personal and business's core values, right? So I intentionally build generosity to every aspect of my marketing and my selling and my service delivery, all of it. 
right? I feel generous in my heart. I want to create a culture of generosity, even with my employees, like everything, everything is so important. And I think that there is a hunger to be generous. Like when my clients tell me, or even like people in my audience, like on Instagram, they tell me, thank you so much for being such an example of generosity. You're such an, you know, you're such an example of, of generosity that I want to aspire to. Like people tell me this kind of stuff all the time. And what it alerts me to is kind of a lack of clarity about how to be generous. <laughs> I think people want to be generous. And that I think that's a beautiful thing because we all at heart crave to be generous, right? Especially coaches. We love helping. We love giving. We love serving so that we have this hunger to be generous. But then when we try to be generous, problems happen. <laughs> and there are these constraints to our generosity that are created by our thoughts. And I want to help you to deal with those things so that if my generosity is something that you admired about my business or anybody else's generosity, is something that you admired, you can make it a core value in your business too. And I have to tell you, it is a profitable value to have. <laughs> I think that my generosity more than anything is responsible for bringing me generous amounts of revenue. When I give my people a lot, they pay me a lot. So that's just one sort of pragmatic financial incentive to take what I'm about to say seriously and to strategize about how to create space for more generosity in your business. And I think that some parts of this, my take on this might surprise you. So let's go. I have categorized four requirements to being incredibly generous in your business. One, make very selfish decisions. Two, have a high client standard. Three, prioritize rest and spaciousness. And four, Believe in a generous universe. Now, I'm going to talk about each one of these things. And as you listen, I want you to like scan for, oh, where am I already good at this? Or where do I need some work in order to kind of exercise these principles in my own business? Okay, so let's talk about the first one first. I'm going to explain all of them. The first one is make very selfish decisions, not just selfish decisions, very <laughs> selfish decisions. You know, whenever people remark on how generous I am and like the things I go out of my way to do and create for people and the way I seem to distribute them freely and generously without attachment to how it comes back to me, like people see that and they observe it and they comment on it. And I always think to myself in the back of my mind when people comment on it, like, well, yeah, and that's because I don't make myself do the vast majority of the shit that other people want me to do, ask me to do, or expect me to do. Because here's the thing, while you may think I'm generous, and I am, I say no to most things. I ignore most advice. I ignore most messages that I get, most emails. I don't reply to most requests I get. I don't even answer most questions I get. When it comes to the choice between potentially being misunderstood by somebody and then going out of my way to explain myself so that, so that I'm not misunderstood and I have to like clarify what I meant or apologize or whatever, I would just always rather not say anything 
and be misunderstood. When it comes to the choice between giving someone something that doesn't feel delightful to me to give just because they asked for it and letting them be disappointed, I'd always rather just let them be disappointed. It's very, very rarely that I'll choose to give someone that something that someone asks for when it doesn't feel delightful to me. Almost always, it's a no for me. And here's one of my superpowers, which if you were to take it for yourself, it'll make your life a million times better and your business way more profitable. <laughs> and if you do, you know, you do want to acknowledge that it's pretty, it can be tough emotionally at first. And you want to know what my ninja emotional skill is? It's just not responding to things. Somebody asks you a question that doesn't feel delightful to answer, don't respond. Someone pay you a compliment, someone sends you grateful words, someone tell you, thank you so much, you helped me so much, changing my life, like your post, you know, was exactly what I needed to hear, you're so amazing, whatever, you get messages like that, you get comments like that, you receive that in your heart and you you like glow appreciation for that comment for that person in your heart and you don't respond. I mean, that is if you don't want to. If it delights you to respond, by all means, respond. I think for a long time in my business, even now still, I'm like, ooh, like I'm moved to respond. I want to respond. It's like a genuine desire arising from my heart. Then absolutely. So when I say don't respond, what I mean is don't respond in a situation where you are not delighted. It's not coming out of the desire in your heart to respond. In that case, do not respond. So here's what don't respond means. Don't respond means not clicking a heart emoji on their message. Don't respond means not typing up a quick little thank you. Don't respond means not just quickly sending them a little link, directing to a little resource. Don't respond means not sending them a little, I'll get back to you on this later. I'm just busy. Sorry. Don't respond means not telling them, sorry, I'm not interested. Don't respond means no response, nothing, nada. No acknowledgement, just leave it. (laughs) Can you do that every time you get something, an email, a message, a question, a request, that you're not thrilled to respond to? Do you think you can do it? I bet you could. I believe in you. (laughs) And does that feel rude to you? You know, does it feel like the responsible or at least the polite thing to do is to acknowledge that you are, that you at least read, read what they sent and send them a little quick reply back? After all, it might only take five seconds. Like, isn't that the polite thing to do? If that's what you think, consider this. Never have humans lived in a world where we were technologically and logistically able and open and available to receive literally an infinite number of messages from anyone on earth on any given day, at any given time. Never have our availability been so radically and unconditionally open. In the slightly distant past, at the time of history when, uh, time of history before phones were invented and made mainstream, If somebody wanted to reach you, it had to be in person. Somebody had to like come to you by foot or on a horse carriage or something (laughs) to be able to tell you something or give you a 
letter or a message or whatever. Or they had to send a messenger dove, like literally. <laughs> there were very few limited ways to be able to tell you something or request something or ask you something, etc. That, my friends, was the built-in boundary in terms of human communication that humanity has enjoyed <laughs> for literally ever. Like for most of our history, right? And then in the more recent past, the very recent past in the grand scheme of humanity, like in the tiny, tiny little slice of recent past, when telephones were invented and everybody had telephones, like landlines, right? Remember those? You used to only be able to read, be reachable at certain times of the day that were socially acceptable for someone to make a telephone call. I remember I grew up with landlines, right? Like when I was in elementary school, there were landlines. And if a friend wanted to call me, you know, a friend from school or whatever, they have to call me during certain hours when, you know, my mom would <laughs> allow me to talk to them <laughs> or like when somebody needed to reach my mom or my dad, you know, they, they wouldn't, for example, call at 2 a.m., right? They wouldn't call during, I think for the most part, people like try not to call during like dinner time or meal times because that was considered, you know, let them enjoy their meal, right? Like a little bit, it's more respectful to call them during non-meal times, unless it was an emergency, right? So that was another built-in boundary. And if you got a phone call and you weren't home, there was no way for them to even leave you a message. That was it. It was a lot harder for a message to reach you, is what I'm trying to say. There were so many more built-in boundaries in the past. Now, my friend, let's think about this. There are literally no boundaries if you're connected to the internet. Someone, or if you have a phone, right? Someone could send you a message, anyone in the world could send you any message at any time of the day, in any quantity, for whatever reason, with whatever content, we are living in a completely boundary-free world in terms of communication for the first time in history, unless you, as the recipient, decide to create some boundaries on your own. If you think that everyone who messages you or emails you or voxers you deserves a response, you're putting yourself in a situation of perpetual and unlimited availability that literally no human being has ever found themselves in before in all of human history. And that, my friend, is crazy. Nobody should be subjected to that unless they want to for some reason. Even if they want to, that's unsustainable. That shit's going to make you unhappy. You know, I realized this a while ago, especially since a mentor of mine said this great quote, and this mentor of mine is Javi Brooks. She said, sometimes the most loving response is no response. Did you get that? Let me repeat that. Sometimes the most loving response you could give somebody is no response at all. When somebody says something nice to you, you can just receive it in your heart and be grateful and send them your appreciation, send them your love without literally responding to them, right? If the decision to respond to something is not loving to yourself, it's not loving to the other person either. If it means violating your own time, your own desire, your availability to yourself, your peace of mind the spaciousness of your own mind and in your life in order to respond to somebody else just because they sent you a message, 
That's not you being kind to them. It's not you being polite to them. That's you violating your own boundary to people please them, to manipulate them into thinking nice thoughts about you. Stop. My friend, when you consistently make very selfish decisions, ruthlessly selfish decisions, here's what's going to happen. Your business, your clients, your work, your audience will stop feeling like a burden to you. And, you know, if it feels like a little bit overboard, like a little bit too much to call them a burden, if you're like, I don't think they're a burden, right? Think about it this way. All of it will stop feeling heavy, right? Just ask yourself, like, what about it feels like the tiniest bit stressful, right? What of my work, what of my relationship to my clients, to to my audience, to my work, what what about it feels like, like an obligation? Like, where is that heaviness? Where is that pressure, right? When you make very selfish decisions to not respond, to not uh, say yes to things, to not acknowledge things, not out of like meanness, but literally out of loving yourself, of prioritizing your own spaciousness of mind to honor the private life that you do have in the way that people used to have for all of human history before the advent of ubiquitous internet and related technologies, right? When you feel obligation-free, stress-free, light, unencumbered, etc., you're going to be massively surprised by how generous you want to be. Being very selfish, and I'm using the word selfish like a little bit like tongue-in-cheek, you know what I mean, right? Making very selfish decisions to filter what comes into your field of awareness and to filter where you put your energy, like the more stringent you you are with it, the more self-respecting, the more self-honoring you make those decisions, the more selfish you can make those decisions, is going to open up the lightness that will allow you to want to be generous. Okay? So that's the first one. The second key to being very generous is to have a very high client standard. And here's what I mean by that. I only work with clients who are operating at a higher level and they get the highest level version of me and the highest level version of me is very generous. Here's how this works. I don't beg people to sign into my program. I don't beg people to buy. I don't offer payment plans tiered pricing, scholarships, special bonuses and bells and whistles and incentives and, you know, early bird, whatever. Like I don't do any of that shit to entice people who need that extra, the extra bells and whistles in order to sign, to sign up because their motivation and commitment and trust in me weren't that all that high to begin with. I only attract clients who are really smart who, who are a very good energetic fit with me, who trust me deeply and who are ready and enthusiastic to do the work. And if you're thinking like, wait, how do I do that? I want to do that too. I talked about all of this in the previous podcast episode called Low Level and High Level Objections. So if you want to learn more about that, please go and listen to that episode or give yourself another opportunity to re-listen, right? But TLDR, just to give you a quick summary of how to attract clients at a high level by speaking to high-level objections only, it's basically like if I were to describe it in terms of a dating analogy, it's like only being available to date people who are a really great fit with you 
and who are enthusiastic about committing to you and who will show up wholeheartedly to spend time with you and get to know you instead of trying to date as many people as possible who are like a passable level of cute, (laughs) who may be a questionable fit with you, who are maybe not all that interested in that level of commitment, just because you're afraid of being alone. You do not want to do the business equivalent of that. Being choosy, having a high client standard is the dating equivalent of like only being available to date people who come in that are a great fit with me and are, and want to, you know, commit to me and, and be available emotionally and have the kind of relationship that I want to have, even if it means I am alone more, even if it means that I turn down lots of opportunities to just spend time with random people, right? That is something that we're going to be tempted to do in business because a lot of times when we go into scarcity, we're like, I'll take anyone, just somebody give me money. Like I'll coach anybody. You don't have to da da da. Oh, you want me to make concessions? I'll make concessions for you. Oh, you want me to offer a, a payment plan? Oh, even though that wasn't my policy, I'll make one for you. What do you want? You want a discount? I'll give you a discount. Da, da, da. You want a bonus? I'll give you a bonus. Like we go into this crazy mode of like, I'll date whoever comes my way because I don't want to be alone. We do not want to do that. Because the caliber of clients that you attract as a life coach will determine so much of your quality of life. And so you want to make sure that you're attracting people who will be a delight to work with, because when you're only working with people who are a delight to work with, that's when you are actually compelled to be generous with them. Like you want to be generous with people who are awesome to work with. Like, for example, the kind of clients I attract into my mastermind are like next level. They are so brilliant and like they're at the next level of creativity and integrity. And I am literally so mind blown and like honored to work with them like every single week. And the way they show up to the mastermind, they see themselves and their own brain as the highest asset in the mastermind. They're not looking to me to like give them rules to follow. They're not looking to me to sign off on their decisions. I teach them to mine for the unique brand of their own genius inside their own brains and in collaboration with the spirit of their business. And that's exactly what they do. They're like, Simone isn't like my mom or my teacher who like holds my hand and walks me through every step. No, I'm a really powerful CEO. I'm a brilliant coach and I'm here to step into the highest leadership that I want to step into. So When every mastermind member thinks that way, what we all get as a group is a community of people with this extraordinary CEO mindset and are very independent thinkers and self-resourceful business people. And that is like so much of the magic of being in the Sovereign Business Mastermind is that you are just immersed in such a high level of thinking. It just... It's just so inspiring to even be in the room. I think it's honestly one of the greatest accomplishments of my life. One of the things that I'm most proud of is to have grown to be the kind of person who can host a coaching container with a group of coaches who are at this caliber. Like I pinch myself. I'm like, this can't be real. Even in Joyful Marketing, which is not like this exclusive advanced group of like just a few people that I teach, I have taught my clients how to thrive without me constantly handholding them, giving them like support between calls, going back and forth, like on Voxer with them, constantly answering all the questions, like be at their beck and call. I don't do that. 
Like I coach a lot, but that's very different from being available for everything all the time. In actually both Joyful Marketing and Mastermind, there is such an excellent group culture that allows people to get coaching at a really high level every time. And that's because I've intentionally got out of my way to set a very strong, like self-sufficient and resourceful group culture, right? A very healthy, robust, independent, but very loving and compassionate and companionable. Is that a word? (laughs) I think so culture. And I teach my clients how to show up in a way that creates that. I teach my clients how to answer their own questions in a way that's going to allow them to get even better answers than if I were to swoop in and give them the answer from my brain, right? And this piece about culture, I actually repeat it and I feed it back to my clients all the time on purpose. I'm like intentionally instilling thoughts about culture to them. Like, here are the guidelines on how to participate here. Here are the guidelines on how to self-coach so that you get the most out of what's here, right? Here's how to take the coaching that's been offered so you can create the greatest amount of growth from it so you can make the most amount of money. And here's how to show up with self-responsibility. Here's how to get more than what you came for. All of this, I explicitly and implicitly weave them all throughout my programs, all throughout my my curriculums, all throughout the communities that I create. And, you know, don't get me wrong. This is has been trial and error. Like I wasn't born knowing how to do this, but I'm always learning and tweaking and conducting experiments and collecting data and evaluating and pivoting. And I have to say that what I what I have today is pretty extraordinary. And, you know, which is coaching containers where my clients consistently get really extraordinary results and have an amazing time being in it. And I'm not tied to them every day. I'm not tied to them with the, to their every question, to their every, every need. And you know what that leads to when I'm not tied to it? Me having the freedom and spaciousness of mind to do the highest level of thinking in order to give my clients better solutions more upgraded intellectual property, better systems, more effective processes, more genius frameworks that gets them better and better results faster and faster. What I'm about to say right now is so important. Generosity is not useful when all you've got is crap to give. The highest form of generosity you can give your clients is not giving them tons and tons of your time and energy and personal attention and hand-holding and answering their every question and da-da-da. That is not the highest form of generosity. The highest form of generosity you can give your clients is giving them superior solutions that allow them to get better and better results faster and faster. That, my friend, is true generosity, giving them solutions that work better for them to get their results faster. And you need the top of your brain in order to do that. So please free up the top of your brain. And the best way to do that is to work with high caliber clients only. You're worth it. And more importantly, your clients are worth it. All right. The third key to becoming incredibly generous is to prioritize your rest and spaciousness. Now, I've alluded to bits of this in the earlier two points, but I really want to draw this out independently because it's so important. So the way I think the most important asset in my business is my happiness. (laughs) 
Did you hear that? I want to repeat that for you. The most important asset in my business is my happiness. And to be happy, I don't know about you, but I need a lot of spaciousness in my life and inside my brain. People are always commenting on the brilliant ideas that come out of my brain. They're like, Simone, how do you even come up with stuff like this? Like, how do you think like this? Right? And I, you know, have these, I have my clients who keep signing with me round after round of mastermind. You know, I have clients who are on their fourth or fifth round of mastermind with me and they tell me somehow every round of mastermind, I blow their minds with way up leveled teachings. Like every time it's like, I thought you couldn't blow my mind every anymore. And then you do it again with a new round. And then you do it again with a new round. How do I do this? How can I do this? I I'm able to have and download amazing ideas when I make myself happy. So what I focus on is making myself really happy. And then boom, 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 the ideas come. I guarantee you this is not because I'm super special, not because I'm a genius. Well, I am a genius, but in my own way, in the same way that you're a genius in your own way, right? I guarantee you when you are happy because you too are prioritizing giving yourself lots and lots and lots of time to be in the way that makes you happy, lots of time to think, right? You too are going to come up with amazing ideas. Like I literally guarantee it. You know what I need? I need nothing on the calendar for long stretches of time. I need no expectations, no shoulds, nobody putting any kind of pressure on me, just Tons and tons of luxurious time and freedom to do nothing but nap, watch Netflix, take strolls, cook some food if I feel like it, hang out with my husband, hang out with my baby, read about the Kardashian Jenners. Like I'm very, very invested in the Kardashian Jenners. (laughs) Talk to me about it another time. Read books that have nothing to do with coaching or business. I like to go shopping. I like to get my hair and nails done. I like to hang out with my mom. I like to go travel. All these things. Oh, it makes me so happy. All the spaciousness, all the lack of pressure. In this environment, I'm able to access these bubbles of inspiration, bubbles of ideas. It literally feels like these are bubbles that are like emanating from this the soup of my subconscious mind, like of that creativity in the depths of my being, right? They just like rise up like boop, 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 boop. Every time. And it will for you too. If you learn how to prioritize allowing that space, that space is the engine of my creativity. It's where all of my best ideas that makes me all of my money comes from. That's where I also source the courage to do things my way. The courage to have my own back when it goes against the grain. You know, the courage to do what I want to do when it might disappoint somebody, right? It all comes from making myself happy, giving myself a lot of fuel to feel the way I want to feel by giving myself lots of rest and spaciousness. Okay, so the last key to being generous, I actually think this is the most important one because this is the piece that might make all the other pieces work, is my belief in an abundant, generous universe. This is part of my worldview, which is to say, these are just thoughts that I choose to believe about the world, and so can you. I believe there's an infinite number of good ideas, an infinite amount of value to be created, an infinite number of amazing solutions. 
infinite amount of money I can make, infinite amount of joy, creativity, beauty, ingenuity, and connection and intimacy to go around. I don't believe myself to be in competition with anyone because there is an infinite number of clients to go around as well. Infinite amount of genius, infinite types of genius. There is just enough. There's more than enough. There is infinite everything. That's what makes me feel very relaxed, for example, about not needing to take action every single on every single profitable idea that I have, right? Like there are for like 10 profitable ideas I have, I probably only t- take action on like one or two of them. Why? Because I only have so much bandwidth and I know that I'll always have access to more. I just trust that I'm always just going to get better and better ideas all the time. I don't need to like hold on to what's right in front of me for dear life. It's just unnecessary. I always practice the thought, by the way, that this is just the beginning on purpose. I actually, I got this from my coach, Stacey Bayman, who says this all the time, and it really like stuck with my brain. And this is just the beginning. I had this thought when I had my first five-figure month. I was like mind blown. And I was like, you know what? This is just the beginning. When I had my first six-figure year, I thought, this is just the beginning. When I made my first million dollars, actually, I wasn't thinking just this is just the beginning because I was... I was so mind blown, but a friend of mine told me, Simone, this is just the beginning for you. And I was like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? I feel like this is the apex. And she was like, no, this is just the beginning. So, but you are right. Thank you, Sonny Smith, MD. (laughs) And you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I heard from my bookkeeper that my past 12 month revenue is 3.2 million dollars. That is bananas. And the more than I ever thought I would ever accomplish in my life. And at the same time, it is just the beginning. I love how that thought makes me feel. It makes me feel like, what? Like what else is available, right? There's always more where that came from. So much more. What if that was true? You know, I give away 5% of my revenue each month, and I spoke in depth about that in the previous podcast episode. I can't remember the number, but it was a, it was a one called the 5% pledge. I give it to causes and charities I care about. Sometimes I give it to individuals. That's 5% of my revenue before expenses, right? That I just give away. And also like whenever my family needs anything from me, I don't ask questions. I just give them money. Why? Because I believe that the more I allow my money to circulate, the more comes my way. The more I invest, the more I make. There's always more. The only way I restrict the amount of cash flow towards me is when I restrict the outflow of cash from me, right? That like is just like a spiritual law that I choose to believe in and keep proving true over and over. When I give, I get back more, always. Right, And the only way I stop receiving is when I'm too scared and I'm in scarcity and believing the fear thoughts in my brain and don't want to loosen the grip on what I have. And every time I had been in that scared conservation mode, my ideas dry up, my creativity dry up, my joy dries up, my capacity for connection and service dries up, and therefore money dries up. I've had enough experience with that to not want to repeat that. Again, why? It just doesn't make sense. 
So whenever my clients tell me that they're scared of running out of ideas, they're scared to give away too much, they're scared to invest for for fear that they'll end up broke, for fear that they won't have enough clients, they won't have enough, you know, ideas. You know, there's only one problem happening. They're they're not able to be generous because they're not intentionally choosing an abundant view of the universe. They're not intentionally plugging into a generous universe. But if you find yourself there, the good news is you can change that. You can just start to open your mind to the possibility of abundance, to, to the idea of infinite enoughness. You can start forging a relationship with a universe that wants to endlessly channel goodness and prosperity and beauty and possibility and, and money and clients and ideas and all that towards you. And you know where that starts? It starts with you noticing what in your life is already abundant, what is already enough, what is already generous, what is already generously present, I should say, right? And constantly practicing directing your attention to that abundance, to that generosity over and over whenever your brain starts to go into scarcity, And come to think of it, I also did a podcast episode specifically on this called Scarcity Detox. It's a few episodes back. It is gold. Check it out. Because you know what? It truly is our brains, our human brains are what create scarcity. Nature is a generous mother. God is a generous mother. And we just have to remember that that's where we come from. We come from nature. We come from God. And therefore, those are the energetic and spiritual laws that always will apply. All right, my friends, it got a little spiritual once again, but I couldn't help myself. It's who I am. It's how I think. So remember the four requirements to be incredibly generous. Here's the four of them for a quick review. One, make very selfish decisions. Two, have a high client standard. Three, prioritize rest and spaciousness. Four, believe in a generous universe. Ask yourself which one of these areas you might want to work on the most. Start from that. I'm very confident that the more of these you incorporate into your decision-making, the more of these, you know, form the basis of how you run your business, you, the more you're going to open up a flow of abundance, a flow of genius, flow of generosity, right? that you won't be able to help but turn out towards everyone who's around you. And guess what? You will also be known for that generous quality. People will say, oh, do you know that coach so-and-so? They're so generous. And when you're known for that, I'm sorry to be crude, but that's also when you start making lots of money. But it's true. (laughs) All right. Generosity. I highly recommend it. I taught you how to get it. Let's go get it. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time.